This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Well, here it is, the superstition episode. And there couldn't be more bad luck going around the Cleveland Browns right now. If you try. But you know what? We're not superstitious. Now the game's been postponed until Monday. With any amount of luck, we might literally have some of the players we thought we weren't going to have for the game available and ready to play. Maybe not as practiced as we'd like, but there. At any rate, the, the podcast got recorded on Wednesday as it should have been, and then the news kept coming and coming, and life kept coming and coming to me. So I didn't get it out, and then I was like, I, I got to get it out. And then I found out the game uh, was postponed. Give me just a little break. Um, not much, but enough to where I can now happily say to you that while maybe portions of this conversation won't be as relevant as they were before given the scheduling of the game, who was out at the time, and, and quite frankly, in the blur of things, I can't remember the actual state of the roster at the time. Me and Jeff had the podcast conversation, but here it is. Warts and all, or just as on point as it needs to be, TBF, a Browns fans podcast, episode 13 of season one. Enjoy. Well, I tell you what, does it get any worse than this? You know, we're supposed to feel good coming off of a win, right? Supposed to. Yeah, but it's looking really ugly. Um, You know, somebody could say bad omen, but I ain't superstitious. How about you, Jeff? Uh, I'm not really, no. All right, All right there you go, and let Stevie say it for us. Uh, that's that primal scream that the Browns all being on COVID make you do. Yeah, well, I was about to say, but right now, this is the kind of stuff that could make you superstitious. Well, right. Exactly. It's like, boy, talking about having the deck stacked against you. And, it, and listen, at this stage, with as many Browns as it is, and as many other players uh, around the league that are coming up, and with the owners meeting tomorrow meeting and actually looking at possibly modifying COVID procedures, 
Eh, not like they're going to postpone games or anything. No, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about being able to bring guys back quicker. Really? Yeah. So that, that, that that's going to be in the owners well, meeting that happens tomorrow. So we'll see if any of that impacts Saturday's game against the Oakland Raiders when they come to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Um, I don't know what those Browns are going to look like, at least at this stage. Um, Case Keenum will be starting if Baker Mayfield can't eke out two positive tests two days in a row. Uh, Kevin Stefanski won't be on the sidelines. Alex Van Pelt will be calling the plays. Prefer, the special teams coach, will be the on-the-field sideline head coach. Um, same way we did last year. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Right now, we still got our running backs. We don't have half of the offensive line. Um, you know, Austin Hooper's out. Uh, Jarvis Landry's out. Yeah, uh, Hooper's been our sure hands. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really looking like why in the hell is this happening? Well, here's my thing. Because I talked to a couple of different people about it, mm-hmm. and they kind of felt the same way as me. If you get COVID, right, you got to quarantine and you even told, you know, you know, up to how long you could still be tested and be, come up with COVID. They've even I've even read stuff about the tests that they use. Mm-hmm. Will find COVID on you, even if you're not sick, you know what I mean? It's basically finding COVID, not necessarily COVID active in you and making you sick you getting what i'm saying right so but then you also with the vaccine you get the vaccine you can get the vaccine and be tested positive up to 90 days after getting the vaccine right because Mm -hmm. and you know and we also know that people give have got the vaccine are still getting sick with it okay Mm -hmm. so why knowing all those things okay well because these players well, but it's not, it's not because I think it's not because whether or not they're testing positive because they recently had or did have or got over, but it's, are they contagious? And they don't have a way of knowing they can detect the COVID virus in your snot. And that doesn't mean you're necessarily contagious. Okay. But here, here we go again. I, from what, what I was, um, um, reading, there is a test. That allows them to see that it's just a lot more expensive. Okay. Okay. The test that they're using now. Okay. And most everybody is using, even you like the general, like hospital test you'd get when you go to the hospital or whatever is testing to find COVID, which it will find. Okay. But not necessarily that you're sick with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, like what you were saying though, the test they're using, I I guess, just being able to find it would be that they would be able to know whether you're you're shedding it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's counted as being contagious. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they're telling you up to 90 days, you can be detected. What? You're going to have somebody sit 90 days. No, no. The most you're going to have them on a positive test, even a positive unvaccinated guy. This is the worst case scenario. Got to be away from the team for 10 days. Positive, unvaccinated guy. And then 
He can come back when he gets two negative tests two days in a row. Okay. Now, if you're vaccinated and you test positive, all you have to do is have two negative tests in a row. 24 gotcha. hours apart, 24 hours apart. I'm, I'm not saying how practical that is even medically. I don't know. I just, just know those are the rules. It just sounds, uh, it just sounds really like. So here I was really going to be all happy. Here I was, you know, going into Monday, um, going to be all happy to do the podcast on right. on Wednesday because here we're going to get to see the Browns, you know, 4.30 on Saturday and then on Christmas Day at 4.30, another Saturday game, and then on Monday night. Oh, God, man, if we make it till then, right? Right. Might not have a squad to play the games. All right. But I have to sign you and me just to go on the field and represent. Well, I just want you to know take we're, a lo- knee. we're losing then. We're okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be out there taking knees. Yeah. Why are you taking a knee in the first quarter? It's all I know how to do. <laughs> it's all I know how to do. This is what I was trained to do. <laughs> right. You were born for this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, it gets, it gets ugly, but I'm going to take you to some of it. Um, I can, I can't operate my, uh, my iPad. It's, it's bad. Where is that? TBF nation magazine on Flipboard.com. You go check it out. You'll love it. How the Browns depth chart looks after Wednesday's positive COVID-19 test. The list of Browns on the reserve slash COVID-19 list got longer Wednesday. Worse yet, it included four more players who have been regular starters this season, led by quarterback Baker Mayfield. The latest additions give the Browns 18 players on the reserve COVID-19 list, including 11 starters. So what does that mean for the depth chart? Well, here's a rundown of where it stands for Saturday's game against the Raiders. Offense at quarterback, active Case Keenum. COVID list, Baker Mayfield. Nick Mullins is on the practice squad and likely to be activated for Saturday if Mayfield can't return. So there's still possibility. He's still got time. To get two negative tests two days in a row. Okay. Um, running back, active, Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson, Demetric Feldman, Andy Janovich. COVID list, none. Kareem Hunt is out with an ankle injury. Wide receiver, active, Donovan Peoples Jones, Richard Higgins, Anthony Schwartz, and Jamarcus Bradley. On the COVID list, Jarvis Landry and Jojo Natson. Schwartz missed last week's game with a concussion. Uh, the Browns moved Bradley to the active roster and signed Alexander Hollins to the practice squad on Wednesday. Lawrence Kager also remains on the practice squad, wide receiver. So we got some depth, some guys whose names you may not know, but they're training up and practicing with them and should be able to fill in if need. Right. Tight end, Harrison Bryant, active. 
Harrison Bryant, right? And then Miller Forrestal. I don't know that I've heard his name before. Um, but yeah, he's going to be active on, on the COVID list. David Njoku and Austin Hooper. Bryant ankle is expected to practice this week. The Browns signed Nick Gugemos or Gugemos uh, to the practice squad Wednesday. Offensive line active: Blake Hance, Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Michael Dunn, Nick Harrison, James Hudson the third on the COVID list. Wyatt Teller, Jedrick Wills Jr., and Drew Forbes. Forbes was on IR to begin with. The Browns also have two guards and two tackles on the practice squad. Defensive end, uh, Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney active. On the COVID list, Tack McKinley and Ifiadi Obenigbo. That's a name. The Browns have Porter Gustin and Joe Jackson on the practice squad. Uh, defensive tackle, Malik Jackson, Jordan Elliott, Sheldon Day, and Tommy Togi Ai are all on the active list. On uh, COVID list is Malik McNowell. Uh, linebacker, Jeremiah Wosukor-Moore, this is the active list. Jacob Phillips, Malcolm Smith, Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki, Tony Fields II, and Elijah Lee. Anthony Walker, uh, you know, only the guy that calls the plays, right? Yeah. Right. Is on the COVID list. Cornerback, active, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Greg Newsom II, A.J. Green. COVID list, Troy Hill, Troy Hill. Newsom's missed game last week's game with a concussion. The Browns also have Herb Miller on the practice squad. Safety, and this is the one that hurts, okay? So active safeties are Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison, MJ Stewart, and Richard LeCount III. John Johnson III, COVID list. Harrison right. Ankle is expected to return to practice this week. The Browns also have Jovante Moffitt uh, on the practice squad. Special teams. We got Charlie Hewlett, Chase McLaughlin, and Dustin Colquitt with our place. I mean, our punter, Jamie Gillian, still on the COVID list. And that's it. That is the status, boys, as of, as of now. Could that change? Yeah, you could get more guys on the COVID list. And maybe, <laughs> maybe you get some guys off of it, too. Right. Some guys could get their tests done and stuff and yeah. Yeah. be ready. That's not worked for us in the past. I mean, they keep hearing, well, two tests and such and such, and then they're always sitting. Well, and then what the league had to say about it, because, you know, everybody started asking, well, 18 players and shit, what the fuck? And the league basically says the game will not be postponed, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances that have not yet occurred. Okay. And if 18 players down and your head coach ain't unforeseen circumstances that have not yet occurred, then they ain't going to occur. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're playing. You're playing. You go with what you got, boys. <laughs> I mean, um, I just think the whole, like, system of it is sort of going against what, like, generally a doctor is saying to somebody you know what i mean hey you could still be tested positive such and such but you know we know and it's like well like i get it in the sense you're like well we got to protect the guys if it says they have it we kind of have to take it seriously but and then another sense it's like i mean <laughs> the hell <laughs> 
what if it's defective tests? Well, I mean, I, I kind of look at it and say, you know what I'd like to see? If you had the same kind of tests for something like the flu, if people would come up with the flu, even though that they're not sick. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, we're in I'm solid really second. interested. You know, we're in solid second place now. I'm with a win on Saturday and a likely loss for the Ravens against Green Bay. We'd be in first place. Right. Just really can't afford to lose this game Sunday, you know? Yeah, it's a must win for us. We really are in a situation where uh, realistically we want to win out entirely. We want to win all four of our games. Okay, right. But we can technically, okay, maybe drop one and still and still do this. Okay, you just hate for it to but be the Raiders game. Because if you thought you was going to drop want. one, you figure right. it might be Green Bay. Green Bay, exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. The Raiders game is not the one that we're we'd be sitting here like, yeah, okay. If there's one that we can drop, it's Green Bay. We got to win, win the other ones. But That's exactly what I was thinking. But now we're sitting here. If we lose against the Raiders because but of this, the same we have to win every. The same kind of thing happened to us last year. Don't forget. To, yep. Let's not have short memories because right. here's what happened. Last game of the year. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm, way before then, we had like the entire wide receiving room out on COVID, okay. and we played the Jets, and we lost to the Jets. And that's why we had to beat the Steelers twice. Right. Had we beat the Jets, it wouldn't have been so hard for us at the end of the year. Yep. And then playoffs came and the whole running joke was that, remember, no one got COVID during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Nobody got COVID. It's just, I was like, well, and, and I'm not trying to speak conspiracy here in it and everything. You know what I mean? It's just like, look, I talked to somebody that made a good, they made a funny point. You know what I mean? I mean, the Browns are coming up with COVID and all this like this, right? And all these other, you know, all these other sports. No, 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 no. Alabama, no, you know what I mean? Speaking college yeah. teams, no Alabama teams, no, no. No anything. None of these guys coming in with COVID. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's. Well, now, when you, you can't. See, when you right. see an outbreak like this, so it makes you think. Because it takes my mind all the way back to the two Ks when um, Charles Bentley had been drafted. Right. Torres Patella and working out at the facility and get staph infection and everybody at the facility is getting staph infection. I don't know. I don't trust the ventilation system. Well, I, I guess that's a good point. That's a good point to like, it can break out very easily. Um, and mm-hmm. the w- unwell ventilated areas obviously are going to hold on to those germs a lot easier. Sports locker rooms are right. moist and, sweaty and and yeah so if you ever meet a guy and you say hey so what do you do man i work for you know and he t- says pro sports team blah 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 right well, what do you do i'm the equipment manager say man i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah i mean listen i'm sure the guys that do it love the job and great for them I mean, well there's something else i um i'll point out and i thought about this 
maybe the NFL should adopt something like this. You know what I mean? Um, adapt these locker rooms to to um, some extreme heat for sterilization. Aren't you know they, what I mean? I think everybody's going to be back and ready to play for the game. I think this is the Cleveland Browns. This is their way of getting the eyes off the controversy. Because, <laughs> you know, Mary Kay Cabot was trying to stir up shit about what Baker Mayfield said in his interview and all the other shit. And this is their way to take the focus off of that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You don't think? No. <laughs> no, okay. Me neither. No. This thing. I don't. I only brought up that the string heat sterilization thing because I was reading an interesting little article on um, heat in cars and how, like, you know, during summer, a hot car is the best place to go to, like, to sterilize yourself, I guess, if you will, for COVID because mm-hmm. it's hot as hell in that car when you get in there. Technically, if it doesn't survive in the heat that they say it does, it'll die, you know? So I was like, well, that could be a, that's a good option, especially for if it's, you know, locker rooms and, um, that are harboring it, you know what I mean? Adopting locker rooms to be able to facilitate, you know, high heat for, you know, sterilization, you know what I mean? I know what it is. I know how this happened. There was a disgruntled gambler yes. who infected the Cleveland Browns locker room. Well, that's a, because um, it was a two and a half point. It was a two and a half point spread, guys. And we let the Ravens cover that shit. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's another thing. I actually thought about that. I was I actually thought about that when they were were because um at one point it was like six and they were like eight. And it was like Kevin's a fans guy. I was like, so what do you do if somebody's already put money down betting on this? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm talking about it was disgruntled gamblers because the Browns, you know, allowed the cover. Okay. Last week. You know how many times the Browns have had like an insanely low point spread when they can't when they can't cover it. They literally allowed the Ravens to cover a two and a half point spread. How do you do that with a 24-6 lead at the half? And, hey, one good sign coming for Sunday is Kevin Stefanski won't be calling the plays. Right? Because, I mean, do you agree with Baker? We got conservative in the second half. Right. No, no, we got really My problem with the second half of the game was we got conservative, but even more than that, our cons- if you're going to play conservative ball, you kind of have to run. And at that point, if we're going to play that and be like, we're going to play conservative, hold on to this game. I already really don't like that strategy. Okay. But if you're going to play that, right, mm-hmm. you kind of need to run the ball on first down. I mean, well, we can't yeah. keep passing the ball on first down and then play that style of ball. The second and nine sucks. Right. You, you To me, you just cannot not run on first down and play that, try to play the game that way. 
It just I don't see how you're going to do it. You you can't you're not controlling the clock the way you need to. OK, because you can easily put yourself in a situation where you pass three times if you do that and then you can't control the clock. I come on 24 to six lead. How are you going three and out? Because you're passing the ball. Why are you doing this? I'm saying a team can still come back even if you ran on first down. But you, you, there's no way you can consistently control the clock if you're going to pass on every first down because then you're going to get stopped one of these times. And then when it, once you get stopped, you're going to be it's you're going to want to throw three times. I'm trying to tell you, the Browns were consistently getting stopped. And there you were second and 10. You know, you want to throw. Yeah. And then you end up three and eight. And then you're like, well, you're going to want to throw down. Yeah, exactly. So then you end up throwing three downs and you've you've basically the clock hasn't moved. Mm -hmm. You know, we could have ate that game away to where they couldn't have won it without even trying too hard. You know what I mean? With the kind of running game we have, they we could have made it to where they couldn't catch up because they couldn't get enough possessions to try to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would be the focus of the game. But we kill that because one, we don't we keep running, I mean, passing on first down, and we don't play action. No. I mean, for a team whose attack is predicated on the run, I mean, you know, it, even if they didn't want it to be, it is, you know? Right. And it really kind of feels like that sometimes. It's like we're a running team that doesn't want to be one. I'm like, but you better accept what you are and be that and be that way. Right. Well, you have to play to your strengths. And like I've said before, like if that's how he runs his offense, pass on first down, I'm not arguing with that. But if you're going to go and do this play conservative thing, right? You're like, oh, we're just going to hold on to this win. We're good. We got this. Just hold on and win. You you can't then be still passing on first down. Okay. even if you were going to at least have, look, I, I know New England is historic for having that kind of offense where they still did that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But they also had Wells Welker. Okay. And the kind of passes that he caught where they were doing that might as well have been runs. But, but again, you also, I think even, you know, Sands Brady, but look at Belichick this year. Just two weeks ago, they had a game where they literally only passed the ball three times. Yeah, and they won the game. And they won the game. It's like, dude, take a note, you know? Right. And um, well, that's a good point. If they can do that, how can we not? With Technically, we're supposed to be the best running offense in the league, right? Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the injuries and the missing and COVID and stuff, yeah. like, like, our numbers would technically be best running back tandem, best running back tandem, and arguably maybe one of the best lines in the league. Right. And we can't do that. Why are you not handing the ball off 30 times a game? Well, and the point should be made. I mean, 30 times a game, 20 times a game, or at least enough to where you control the game. If you have a running game like that, you should control the game. Okay, the other team should be like, 
they should have to use their offensive positions wisely because they know you're going to eat clock up. You know what I mean? Look, that's, the bottom that line is this. Given. If you got a guy that's getting over five yards a fucking carry and you hand him the ball 20 times, that's a 100-yard game. And a 100-yard game from your running back kind of is one of the checkpoints on guaranteeing yourself a win. Right. It doesn't do it all the time, but it sure fucking helps. You know, and if your quarterback ain't slinging picks all over the goddamn field, you know, usually that gets you there. Right. Now, that's really my only big critique for the game is the fact that the Browns basically came out in the second half and played lax. The only other kind of critique I have in within the same, I guess, microcosm as that mm-hmm. is Baker went from playing really sharp to playing really sloppy. And I don't know if it was because the lack of aggression in the offense again. Yeah, I think he was pissed off the whole second half. Why are we doing this shit? Yeah, I think maybe he got sloppy because I think the offense just was playing way too lax and like, well, let's let's just get this. Let's just get this instead of like playing. They weren't attacking anymore. It's like they weren't in attack mode to like say Mm -hmm. we're going to take the game. It was like we're going to hold on to it, you know. And it seemed like he was trying to do too much. It went I'm to a point where something. he was trying to do too much. You put that together with this season, this season and last season, mm-hmm. Stefanski's tenure so far. I've seen him jump all over people in the first half, get a big lead. But in most of those games, with the possible, the possibly the lone exception of the game against Cincinnati right. this year, they score a bunch of points in the first half and then they go fucking they go into hibernation or something in the second half. And if they can't hold that lead, they lose that game. I mean, how many games did we lose last year that way? A majority of the five we lost, we led at halftime. Right. I I honestly think that um if Stefanski is everything they say he is, he's going to come to the conclusion himself, and pretty goddamn well soon we ought to hear he ain't calling plays no more. Right. Which is, which is a tough, interesting thing because the Browns' play calling is interesting because sometimes when it's working, it's like, wow, some good play calling, you know? And then... Yeah, but wasn't it working because it was new, unexpected, and you couldn't predict what they were going to do? Well, I will put it this way. This is what I'm seeing in it, okay? Because I still feel like when it's working, it's it's good. It puts the other team on the heels a lot when it's working, okay? It really does. What I'm What I'm seeing right now is when it's not working, it is too much of a detriment because the passing on first down puts – your team in a position, the consistency of it puts again, your team in a position of but I, this is something that 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 wasn't always Stefanski. Stefanski right. wasn't as big passing on first down last year, right? As he is this year, he's he's like he's turning into Freddie Kitchens, but but instead of being fat and southern, what right? If, you know what? What if Freddie Kitchens was a slim pole? 
Okay. Right. Yeah. Because and they'd be called Kevin Stefanski and did, but he's doing the same thing. I mean, come on, man. The game before the Ravens game, right? Right. We ran the ball 15 times. Yeah. That sounds like a Freddie Kitchens called game, doesn't it? You're passing on first down like you. Yeah, and that's what we weren't like. like you're going to fool somebody, you know? Right. And, and, and it's like, dude, I, you know, listen, in most cases, I will take a guy to give me the argument about analytics and I'll say, I'm with you, brother, because the math don't lie. But who's ever looking at the math and interpreting it to say, we need to pass on first down all the fucking time is needs to stay away from the math. Okay. Well, needs to stay away and my, my thing about the passing on first down, I think it's putting the team in a situation to where it's pressurized on second down. You don't make enough yards on first down passing, right? You're like, well, do we run on second down? And right, it's because like second down supposed to be second and five, second and four. Right. Right. And then if you run right, reasonably, you pick up five yards, right? Okay. That's good because we do have a run, good running game. If you do run on second down, you pick up five yards, right? So right, now you, you got you five yards three, on third. But if you pick up three, you got third and two. Right. But see, that's because you was on time on first down and you gave yourself the option. Right. Otherwise, you're letting the defense dictate to you when you're going to pass. Until, unless you're trying to be a smart ass and say, uh-huh, bet you didn't think I was going to pass on first down. And, unless you do it all the time and then they knew. Right. <laughs> like, okay. Guys. And, the, and the, the other part of the passing on first down, the Browns just don't run plays that are, they have safe options for check down either. You no, know what I mean? To no. be running on first down, we run not we, one. Don't take shots down downfield for first down. Okay. Which you would think if we're going to consistently do that, you'd surprise the defense and just launch that mess. Right. Well, but see, we don't do that. But we predicated on on what Wink Martindale likes to do, if they'd have been sending five, if they had been blitz packaging us on first down, yeah, take shot downfield if right. your guy's open. But Wink Martindale almost intentionally and belligerently did not blitz a lot in that game. Did you notice that? I, uh, you know, I wasn't really paying too much to that. Um. About the just encompassing of not doing it much at all. But if I think about it, no, we didn't have too much all out blitzes. Even when Baker was running, it was pretty much our line just slowly collapsed. Right. right. And and most of that was because of Conklin being out. And you miss right. one of these all pros guys at any of these spots. And it's going to make a difference all the way up and down the line. Right. My thing is to, to compound to the fact that we don't take a deep shot. And, okay, I'll give it to it. The, they ran a defense that really didn't allow us that doing that. But then you also don't run plays that have easy check downs to pick up one, two yards if everything fails. Because we really don't. We don't really run plays that they have like, okay, well, there's nothing there. Dink and dunk it to this guy right here. And I'm not necessarily arguing with that, okay, because those plays – do take up a guy that could be making space to get somebody else open. Yeah, you I, need an, outlet, open I need an outlet receiver, though. I got to have that guy. And, so, and the mean, fact that we don't have that guy means we eat a lot of balls. We throw a lot of balls away. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, so do you end up on the first down? It's like, well, yeah, we got nothing. 
you know, because there was nothing to see. There was no, you know, dink and dunk guy for three yards, maybe or four yards out of it. You know, so what I'm saying is if you're going to run on first down like that, it almost feels like you kind of have to have an option, at least sometimes for that to make up for the fact that you're not just running the ball to get the three, four yards to start to say, hey, what does my down look like? You know what I owe the other part of it, too, is we don't get a chance to fill out the other team to see if the other team's going to sit there and allow Chubb to get seven yards on first down. Right. And be like, okay, easy down. You know, you you come out the box throwing on first down. It's like, fuck it. You know, I swear to God, it's like I feel like. You know, maybe maybe our coach should just watch the pregame show because so he'll know, oh, we're a running team. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But. With all that said, getting to the point of me saying, like, I see sometimes where our offense will put the other defense, the other team on their heels. You know what I mean? Uh They just need to mix it up. Okay, I understand he wants to throw it on first down. Okay, but if we're going to do we need to mix it up more, at least it's just too consistent that we pass on first. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. So let's do this, Jeff. Let's take a quick look at the stats. Um, I got no predictions for the Raiders game, dude. I'm hoping we make it through it. I mean, if given given the fact that Case Keenum's going to be starting, I don't have a problem with that. Case Keenum is a an experienced veteran, right? Right. So he should be able to handle handing the ball off to Nick Chubb and making a few play action passes, which is, I think, still your key to success against the Raiders at home if you're Cleveland, right? Um, the, 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 the hits aren't as thick and bad in terms of the COVID list on defense. Cause we still got the majority of the line. So you got the attack. It looks like the majority of the uh, secondary is available to us. Um, I don't dislike our chances in this game, despite the fact. Okay. Um, and here's what I like about having case Keenum. That you got a guy you can rely on to come here and play reliably when your starter's out. Make no mistake, I don't want Case Keenum now or not or or in the future to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Right. Okay, <laughs> please don't misconstrue my words. I am happy for my backup quarterback to come in and play backup quarterback, and I rely on Andrew Barry and coach Stefanski working in concert with each other to keep that guy, that guy that's at the number two position to be an actual reliable quarterback. We don't have a quarterback of the caliber in Cleveland that you need Nick Sorgi. Okay. As your second stringer, you know, that dude, they used to keep behind Peyton Manning that it was like, Oh my God, they're having to play him actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Keep a keep a guy like a Case Keenum, but please spare me the quarterback controversies. Okay, I don't want it. Don't need it. We've got our starter. We know his name, and when they replace him as starter, I want him to do it with another starting quality caliber guy, not Case Keenum. We start having arguments about the guy you just drafted to start and some aged veteran you got on the bench. Well, we're we're all all of a sudden we're not contending for shit anymore. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I like to point this out. Uh huh. Browns should take some pointers from the Cavs. 
Oh yeah, uh, who are in the, the four seed? Game. In the right. four seed as okay. of today. Right. But the most important part of it of the of what they're doing, they have they have had their last two games have been blowouts. They've blown the team out their last two games. Well, that's because Kevin Love okay. came off the bench with right. twenty four points. Okay. Right, but they're currently in the process of their third blowout. That's forty to sixteen right now in the oh, second quarter. Who are they playing? The Rockets. Oh my! Yeah, well, they don't have the beard anymore. Although no, you know, can. you know, Harden is having a hard time this year getting them fouls that he usually gets. Yes, he is. With he's the new rule update, like he's yeah. starting to adapt a little bit. Those numbers are starting to stabilize a little bit, but did. But the other thing is not talked about it as much. They've made the rule changes as well, but they also changed the ball this year, too. And a lot of people have speculated that's probably been the most effect on these what guys. What change not did as they much. make to the ball? It, I think they're just using a different ball. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't appear to have affected Steph Curry one bit. No, <laughs> it does not look like it affected Steph Curry. If anything, it might not have made all. him better. Yeah, uh, you know, he broke Ray Allen's record last night. Did he? Yeah. So, the you know, overall, all-time threes, he's now the possessor of that record. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and listen, given his age now and how much longer he could go, he can put that so far to reach that the guy that's going to break that record ain't even born yet. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't – I think by the time that is done – to be honest, I don't think anybody will. I think it'll end up being one of the records in modern era that can't be touched. Hey, here's an interesting fact about the game on Sunday. And you can go look it up, but it's absolutely true. The onside kick recovery. Mm-hmm. Well, the play never should have happened because the Ravens were lined up illegally. No flag throw. No, really? Yeah. Yeah. On the kickoff, everybody has to be set on the line. Yeah. <clears throat> Go look at the still photo right before the kick. They were lined illegally. Oh, and on the subject of Garrett as well, he did get his sack. Well, okay, he did get his sack. Then how does he still have 15? Because he started the day with 15. The question is not, did he get a sack? The question is, how do you start the day with 15, one behind Jay, Jay Watt, get a sack and end the day with those same statistics. Hmm. That's the question. Um, I haven't gotten an answer to that yet because everything I watched on Sunday prior to the game and even early in the game, when we were playing the Ravens, when Garrett made a play and it wasn't a sack, but they put up the graphic that he was second in sack total for the league and he had 15. And then, of course, later in the game, he gets the strip fumble, which I guess they're calling a strip sack. Okay. And that should have put him at 16, which should have tied him with J.J. Watt. But that's not the case. So somebody counting something wrong somewhere. I don't know who, but. Or, or everybody was saying the wrong number before the game. And before he got the sack, because like I said, he had 15 sacks before halftime. Okay? Okay. They, they showed the graphic. Garrett had 15. Watt had 16. Okay, so 
If you got that sack in the second half, which that the strip fumble was in the second half, right? The fumble touchdown, right? Right? It was the only second half score, right? Right. That was our only second yeah, half. There score. you go. Okay. As I know it was in the second half. So yeah, how do you get that sack and not end that day with 16 sacks? I don't know. But I looked, I re-looked at the play. Miles Garrett strips the ball. And he picks the ball up, but he doesn't sack the quarterback. Hmm. I hear everybody saying he got a sack, but I, I I ain't seen it on film. And the records, and I'm talking about the total records, don't indicate it because he's still at the same total number he had when he started the day. I, 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 I'm not I, too sure. Because I didn't pay too much attention to like them posting that during yeah. the game. Um, but what I was going to look up is the rules on a strip. Yeah. On a quarterback being a sack. Because uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking I'm not how cheap. they describe the play. I'm looking at the game book to see if they even have sack stats. Safeties, no safety. I think it it counts as a strip sack because um he touched the quarterback. If I'm getting it correctly. Not saying it isn't. I'm just saying something. I'm looking to see if I see this back. The sack statistic from the game stats. And it <clears throat> I'm not seeing it. Right. It's because, uh, yeah, that's basically what it's saying. Even if the quarterback doesn't go down, it's considered a sack. Well, that's great. But then, I, okay. All I'm saying is, how does Garrett get a sack? When they starts the day with the number 15 and he gets a sack, how should he end the day? With 16, am I correct? Last time I looked, 15 plus 1 is 16. So why is Miles Garrett not at 16 total sacks for the season? Like I said, that one I don't I don't know. I guess I can't. I can't even remember what they posted during the game as far as what his sack total was. And before then, um, I'd have to try to find an early article. Yeah, they do credit him with one sack. Three combo tackles. Three tackles. Three combos. A sack and five yards on the ground. A FF and a FR. That's a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. I think they're giving him too many stacks on that one fucking play. I mean, he come on. <laughs> Now, the Browns, interestingly enough, and what a lot of people don't keep in mind, and I always watch this stuff, the Browns fumbled twice. 
Now, they recovered both of their fumbles. But that doesn't make that any less concerning to me. I mean, yeah, you, you're glad they, they got him and got away with that one. But, ooh, we shouldn't have to get away with those. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But uh, anyway, you know, the numbers that count in the game. Let's look at those. Total first downs. The Browns had 20. The Ravens had 21. So, uh, scratch that. We didn't yeah. win that. Okay. Yes. Uh, third down efficiency. The Browns were six for 13 at 46.2%, nearing 50% on third down. And they held the Ravens to one of 12, only 8.3%. I think they, they, at least for this game, they solved the third down problem. Okay. So that's one. They're one and one on the, you know, the stats that matter to do you win the game. And in the big one, the Browns did win the time of possession battle. 33-50 to 26-10. We already talked about the turnover, so we know they won the turnover battle. So three of the four milestones to meet to win a game, the Browns met. And they made it out of there with the head, hair, their chinny chin chin. Chinny chin chin. Woo. That's completely, yeah. Good barely. Lord. My God. That, well, I was glad when that clock ran down on that one. Boy, when when um when uh Ward made that that tackle. That final tackle preventing the first down. That that was that was wonderful. Like I said, the, we just have to. It just sucks. They can't just win. Yeah, no, win no. The game. Yeah, it's win just the game not, up big. It's just not going to be easy like that for us, is it? Uh, that's that's what it's looking like. It's that's what just, it's looking like. It's going to be you know, like. I will even say, when it's going good, there's going to be complications. Right. Now, I will say this about the Browns, okay? Because I thought about the, the, I thought about this. Is the Browns have. Aside from one game mm-hmm. where they pretty much got blown out, okay? Yes. We've been in every game. Even our losses, we've been in it. Right. Entirely. I, listen, first of all, uh-huh. I am so over it with these people and their hypercriticism of Baker Mayfield. Now, because when I see Josh Allen throw three picks, I don't hear people saying, he's a fucking chump, get him out of town. You know, and Baker turned in, I mean, you can say what you want about the second half of that game, but Baker right. Mayfield in the first half of that game this past Sunday looked like the quarterback of my team. Yeah. You know? I won't argue that. And, uh, you know, given the situation and especially the fact that they came out with the win, I ain't got no criticism for Baker Mayfield. And he no. was not the reason that we struggled in that second half. No, play play calling was a big part of it. But what I will t- say, though, is Baker should be thinking the hell out of his um his uh Pro Bowl defense alignment because had he not made that play in that touchdown, we'd be talking yeah. about how the media is roasting him for not winning the game. Right. And there was that pick, which was just an right. absolutely awful fucking throw. 
No, yes. I mean it, that was the all shit of the game for yeah. Baker Mayfield. Now I could see what he saw, hap- maybe trying well, to they, see they, happen. They, even Trent Green said, "I gotta believe he was thinking Jarvis was going to take that cut in yeah. instead of going to the sideline." And if you watch the replay, had Jarvis did it, he probably would have beat the guy badly. <laughs> Like he would have, he would have right, been in perfect but position, that, but that just wasn't. But what that happened. also talks to me about a communication disconnect between right. Jarvis and Baker right now, and I can I could definitely attribute that to the whole Odell Beckham Jr. thing because you can say what you want, but Jarvis and Odell are best of friends, okay? And did that create difficulty when that shit all came out? And listen, you know Baker Baker's talking about internal issues. Well, you know, right after the whole Odell Beckham Jr. thing, Kareem Hunt's daddy came out with some bullshit about Baker's scared to throw the ball. You know what? Everybody ought to shut the fuck up. And I like Kareem Hunt. But if you can't keep your daddy out of this shit, man, come on. So what? Now all these athletes got out of control daddies that are just going to fuck up the world? <laughs> I mean... You can't, we're in a, we are in the peak now, okay, the peak of social media era, okay? And I think the world is trying to figure out that within sports, media, every darn thing right now, trying to figure out what the rules should be. Well, I know, I know one rule should be if your daddy posts some shit, you got to tell his ass to stop. If you I mean, <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying, though. Everybody, I think in all different parts of business and everything right now, everybody is basically trying to figure out what should the rules be? You know what I mean? Um, he like, I mean, that's when the team, the general manager, hey, tell you, Dave, to stop that shit. Well, <laughs> somebody, well, well, even with all that said, somebody pointed something out to me about it, and they're like, you know, you've had during this year, even you've had people go back and and try to roast people's careers for something they've said a long time ago. Some people that of what they've said when they were like really young, basically considered kids. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of like. So what do we do with this? Do we start putting some type of restriction on it? Because if you're going to have this kind of stuff happen, right, where it kind of I mean, hurts somebody on a certain level, right? I understand. Should kids be able to just have social media? Well, that, that there's all kind of questions and implications. But I'll tell you, like I've always told you, and you've heard me say this before because you're my son, okay? But... And I hey, listen, if everybody followed this advice, I guess we wouldn't have social media, right? Um, but don't say anything on social media that you wouldn't say at an office party. Right. Okay. No, I mean, you're in a room sense. full of you're you're in a room full of people and this is a public gathering and your 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 comments should be publicly concern consumable, one, and two Nobody should be able to quote you from something you said at the office party and get your ass fired. Okay. Right. And by the way, if you're going to the office party and you're having one too many drinks and you're saying the shit that'll get you fired, well, then you know firsthand why you shouldn't do that. 
Right. Okay. But, <laughs> but what we're experiencing with social media, though, is it's like you at that office party and you're doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. But then let's say somebody said something and let's let's just say, for instance, your mom could just pop up at your office party because she knows what's being said to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And somebody says something to you. She pops up. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, right. That's yeah, my exactly son, my that's point. That's exactly my point. Right now. Hey, tell your mama that, to get out of this shit. Right. Okay, so tell that's your mama what we're experiencing out. because you can't say to your mom, well, you can't use social media. She's like, no, you the hell I can, just like right. every other person can. No, so, but, but, but you can't say give me my business back. No. Yeah, well, you might can't say it, but you got Listen. All I'm saying in the multi-million dollar business that is football, okay? When people's livelihoods depend on public perception of them, right? Mm -hmm. To have your daddy come out and cast aspersions on one of your teammates and you not stand up and say, hey, dad, stop that shit. You might as well have said the shit yourself. I mean, I get and you. And that is so antithetical to any kind of a team standing that it's it's it must be stopped. And players have to be called to task on these family members. I don't care if it's Baker Mayfield and his wife saying some shit. Because, you know, she's come out a couple times and, you know, been a little bit on the edge. You know, it's like, hey, y'all quit talking about my husband. You know. But see, but what I'm saying is it's almost like this is what I'm saying. We are at the height of social media and it's being treated like straight up conversation now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's uh, the world's the world's the chat room instead of you being in small little rooms. Let's, instead of you having to physically be in the room with somebody to say, oh, blah, 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 and they'd be bantering. You know what I mean? No, well, all I'm it's saying just is if these room. guys don't stop it. OK, so let's just let's change the characters just a little bit. Let, we can leave it to be Odell Beckham Jr. and his daddy. But let's let's make make Baker Mayfield six foot seven, two eighty five, okay? And now he's the guy that people are talking shit about. Hey, how about I come over there and kick your ass? Okay, you're gonna have some shit jump off over this social media stuff pretty soon, cause the stuff's getting personal. And you're talking about people's livelihood. And when you got your quarterback sitting up there on an interview in the NFL network and they say, well, you know, with all the outside noise, Baker, how's it been? He says, well, they ain't all been outside noise. There's a lot of internal things, too. Okay. (laughs) You know, and Baker's classy enough that he's not going to give you anything past that. Right. Right. But that's enough to know to say, like, look, dude, this ain't all the I'm not all out of sorts. And playing fucked up and having a difficult time here because Stephen A. Smith is yelling about my ass or something. Okay, that's not what right. this is about. Okay, <laughs> and 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 good for him. Good for him. Uh, and then uh, and screw anybody that's trying to find more than that out. Reporters that are asking probing questions now and all that stuff. Fuck all y'all. Nobody right. needs to know. But see, no, but that's the other thing about all the social media. More people feel like there's a need for them to answer questions that they don't have to answer. You know what I mean? Like that, like the information is somehow deserved. Somebody deserves well, the information. And that's why I really, really liked, I really liked Baker Mayfield's answer 
on that. He says, look, I don't owe you guys answers on any of this. It's my teammates. Right. That I owe answers on this. And we've already had these conversations, but I don't know you guys any answers. On right. That. I mean, the only thing the NFL promises the media is that they can talk to the players and the players will answer their questions. His question, his answers can be, yeah, next question. Yeah, next question. Well, yeah, next I give question. you Marshawn yeah, Lynch. Yeah, next question. I'm, I'm only here so they won't find me. Right. I'm I mean, he doesn't so have won't. to give you this right. detailed answer to it. That's why I'm, I'm like, it. some yeah. of the questions sometimes that players answer, you know what I mean? I'm baffled. I'm like, you could have told him no. Well, how about, did you see the, that. okay, did you see the Bills cornerbacks? When somebody asked him, well, how do you feel about, you know, do you feel like you let the team down and everything? And, you know, it was a really close game, dude. And it wasn't the corners. It wasn't, it wasn't coverage fault that this happened or anything. And it's like, and then the one cornerback says, okay, yeah, that's fine. You know, I'm going to remember that. He said, but, you know, dude, we have, we got a lot of love for you guys. And I don't know. How about just a little respect? Just a mm -hmm. little freaking respect. And they walked out on it. You know? Yeah. And and they deserved it. And they fucking deserved it. The reporters deserved it. Because that's not press. That's not journalism. No. And, and, and we need to stop this, people. Because, you know, and I listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch any of the stuff, any of the morning programs uh, on sports anymore. Because, look, I don't need to see people yelling at each other. And that's all it's become anymore. Them just yelling constantly over and over. And and listen, at least once in every one of these sports shows. And listen, I, I told you, I don't watch them. No, I catch the videos later on YouTube. I get to see what the guy said. But I'm like, boy, I'm so glad I don't waste any time watching Get Up or, you know, or any well, of these shows in the morning. Interesting thing about those shows, though, is they're being affected by social media, too. If they sure say they something are. that's not right, right, it's everywhere now. If you say something that's right, though, if you do get it right, it's also everywhere now. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, he got it right. Yeah, yeah but these guys said. are just arguing back and forth on their opinion. Because, okay, so everybody's got an opinion about Baker Mayfield. Baker right. Mayfield's a good quarterback. Baker Mayfield's average at best. Okay? Mm -hmm. And now you you sit there for 10 minutes in the every, you know, you got an hour and a half shows. So just about every morning during the football season, you guys can take up 10 minutes of programming yelling at each other back and forth about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I think that too is affected by the social media part because nobody wants to be wrong. You get paid off of being right. Okay. Well, nobody no, I, wants I to get, watch that. The guy who's I get wrong. that. I get that's where the motivation Cause see, they see the response in social media and they say, Hey, more of that, more of that. Hey, Steven, cuss him right. out. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, but but to me, what it's done to sports television to me is make it something I don't want to watch. Yeah, I get because what it's less informational and more emotional. More right. Okay, and emotions are great on game day, but when you talk about analysis, look, I remember in the early days of this Browns fans podcast. Yeah, I did a lot of yelling and cussing, but it was because I was frustrated with a fucking underperforming. Listen, we had a team that was undermanned, and they underperformed even based on that standard. 
Okay. Play. <laughs> I mean, they were the most frustrating fucking team I've ever watched. And I did it for years and tried yes. to do a podcast based around it. And, you know, conniptions sometimes, but it wasn't. We weren't arguing about a guy that can actually fundamentally play the game. We were arguing about if whether Charlie Fry could learn enough to actually be able to function at NFL quarterback level at some point in his career. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, right. there's, it's a different discussion. It's, no, and, exactly. And now, and now it's like, you know, if I got to hear the big swagoo and Dan Orlovsky go at each other one side or the other about whether or not Baker Mayfield is a quarterback or not, then I will tell you this. Baker Mayfield's a quarterback in the NFL. Don't tell me about his qualification to play quarterback in the NFL because he's <laughs> fucking doing it. Okay. <laughs> well, well, the thing I'd like to point out is we have guys who have been journeyman quarterbacks around the league. You know what I mean? That have stayed in the league six something years, get a chance as starter. And then they maybe they finally make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Baker's already made the playoffs. I know. In his when fourth. when he wasn't expected to, to. Right. Okay. If he leaves the Browns, okay, it, it's almost this stigma going around that if Baker leaves the Browns, he's done. He will leave the Browns and he will get a starting job somewhere else. He will okay? they will sign him so quickly if yeah. the Browns are ever stupid enough to cut him. Okay. So my my thing is not to say that the Browns are prisoner. They have to hold on to Baker. No, but what I am saying is the Browns decide to move on from Baker. It better be a sound plan in which they how they're doing They better have a fucking it. plan. That's right. Because and, doing, they, and listen, that plan better be six foot seven prototype fucking quarterback. Because okay. <laughs> if they do that and then they lose worse than they are with Baker. They're never going to hear the end of it. I need a guy as big as Cam Newton that can move like Lamar Jackson. Like you will, they, okay. Cleveland will literally not ever hear the end of it if Baker oh, no, leaves and know. they lose worse. If they cut Baker Mayfield, okay, and they let him go and they don't have his replacement on board, right? They will never go anywhere. Not in my lifetime. I'll be done with them. Fuck this one up. Go ahead and yeah. fuck this one up because I got better things to do with my goddamn time than to sit up there and watch you guys take what I mean, come on. Admittedly, the Browns roster on paper is one of the better rosters in the league in the league. OK, yeah. now it, it it's not uncommon for teams to underperform to even have a regression after an early appearance in the playoffs like the Browns did. That's OK. But you can't let the lack of success this season because of little things get you to scrap your overall long-term plan. Because when you made, when you got to the second round of the playoffs last year, you were like, yeah, that's our plan. We have a long-term plan. We're going to stick to that plan. That's our plan. And you see a little adversity, the whole world sitting up there questioning your decision about a quarterback. But the whole time, comparing Baker Mayfield to people he can't be like. And, and one of the things I really found refreshing about Baker Mayfield's interview on the NFL Network was that he addressed that. Look, 
I mean, yeah, there's a rivalry between me and Lamar. Sure, we came up together. We competed against each other for the Heisman. He won it, then I won it. But I can't physically do the stuff Lamar does. That's not how I'm built and what I do. Right. So I'm kind of going to always lose those kind of battles to him. But I don't want to lose all the games. Right. Okay. (laughs) That's it. That's all. Uh, I mean, um, Baker is who he is, okay? People want him to be able to be all these different things. We don't need him to be it. We have the best running back tandem in the league, okay? We don't need him to run the ball. Would it be great if Baker was a little bit faster? Sure. He's not. We don't need I him to be. I keep seeing him get damn first downs when he's running for his fucking life, though. I'm I just get saying. It. I get that. I'm but, just saying. I mean, my thing is fast enough, right? Fast enough. <laughs> not. A, I just think not enough is being put on the fact of other things that are making it hard for us to win. We have had some team collapse things. Okay, we've had times where our receivers are just not getting open. Okay, even though we have a good receiver core, at least coming into the season, yeah, regardless well, of decent not getting open or core. when they're open, dropping the ball. Right. Um, I mean, you know, now thank God we haven't had too many games this year where dropsies was a problem. Right. But we we've, did have a couple. Right. We've had at times where our, our early in the season, it hasn't happened as much lately. Lately, our defense has actually been pretty stellar. Okay. But early in the season, we had those lapses where our defense was like, they'd be good. And then they just go on a lapse where it's like, you could pass anything on us. You know? Mm-hmm. So that hurt us early. Now our defense is playing really stellar, but it's like we've stopped running the ball. And what the hell is that all about in the and middle of fucking December? I guess it's all fine as long as we get the wins. You know no, what I no, mean? No, let me tell you something. But the teams, now think of, and specifically think of AFC North team who basically come through and take control of it in November and December. Right. And, and then listen to say that, what we're, what are we saying? We're saying Steelers and Ravens, aren't we? Right. But they do it by running more. Right. Not by running less. Well, cause this is the time of year that it's harder to stop the run. That's right. Teams are beat up, worn down, injured. That's it's colder. It's yeah. Everything with, plays with, into the with hands the running of running game with the running game. We got, we got no business <clears throat> and let's just look. Cause that's the one stat we haven't looked at. All right. I'm sorry. I don't care. Uh, I got a problem. The entire staff of running backs only carried the ball 29 times. And that includes six carries by Baker Mayfield running for his right. life. I think we did run over 100 <clears throat> yards, but barely, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, no, we ran exactly 100 yards. Okay, right. But Nick Chubb, 17 carries for 59 yards is absolutely and totally unacceptable. I mean, yeah. Like I said, we weren't running on first down. It just, like, to me, to have that big a lead. Well, not running on first down prevents it. you from running on second down. That's all I'm saying. Right. And it, well, to me, the biggest part of it, it just prevents controlling the game. You're already ahead big. Right. But imagine if you run on first down and you get four yards. Yeah. Now it's second and six. 
Now you can t- now you can pick your poison. You can either run it again or you can play action. And then if you end up in third and short, say a third and three, third and four, right? Yeah, you could consider that a passing down and by all means pass and be well within your means to do so. But you're close enough that your reliable running tack, because even 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 at that low total, 17 carries, 59 yards, Nick Chubb got NFL standard three and a half yards carry. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, come on. Three and a half yards, you get that first down, even if it's, you know, third down or short. Right. <clears throat> you got to put yourself in a position to win. I keep hearing Kevin Stefanski say we got to put our players in a position to succeed. And I keep watching him on offense do exactly the opposite. Right. So I'm I'm beginning to have a problem with Mr. Stefanski on this. But I am confident based on his resume, based on what I've seen of his performance so far, and, and what people that know him better than I say about him, that he has personal insight that he's going to see this problem and he's going to know what to do. And if he doesn't, tell him to listen to this podcast and I tell him, you need to get a play call and offensive coordinator. If that's not Alex Van Pelt, then you need another offense, offensive coordinator. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we've talked about it already, but the NFL made the rule change to unlimited practice squad promotions. Yes. That's a good so, thing for us right now. Yes, it is. <clears throat> that is a very good thing. They're also for us. letting you keep a 16 man practice squad. I did not read yeah. that part of it. That's yeah. even better. That's even better. Yeah, yeah. We got some bodies. You're, yeah, you're going to see some names you have never heard before on uh, on the field on the field Saturday if the game doesn't get played. But and having said that, Jeffrey, we've talked an hour and fifteen minutes now. And is there any final words you want to say? Kind of going into playing the Raiders. I, I don't have any intel on the Raiders. The Raiders are um, as up and down a team as there can be in this league this year. The Raiders are yeah. getting themselves back together still because they're filming the shock of losing Gruden. Uh-huh. And we are setting up like the perfect game. They just got blown out. We're like setting up for the perfect game for them to feel good about themselves. And I, I'm hoping the Browns destroy that. Dream. I, I, I can tell you this. It is very difficult for a West Coast team to travel east and win. Yes, it doesn't happen often, and and listen, I, the Browns are going to have the functional excuse to lose this game because of eighteen guys on the COVID list. Yeah, right. But I need I need them to totally ignore that. I need them to right. play next man up, exactly. just like they're saying. That's what I need as a Browns yeah. fan. It would warm the cuckles of my heart, right, to see the Browns stand up and win one when the deck was stacked against them. Right. We're basically saying the same thing and even more on what you're saying. It's that hard to do it. And it's like all the, the chips are going, hey, Raiders right here. So we need the Raiders to play more like the old. Oh, yeah. And then just we got them right where like, we want them. I want them overconfident. I want them coming in and thinking oh, we don't even have to try. Half their guys are out. We, 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 we need a good game. We need. I need, I need I need I need Case Keenum. To look like Chad Henney did for the Chiefs when he had to come in for um, 
you know, for Mahomes against us right. in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And I need Alex Van Pelt to call the game like Chad Henney is an all pro super fucking star going for MVP. I mean, I honest to goodness, I need Case Keenum to look like Case Keenum of 2018. And 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 by the way, and that's got to be okay. Case Keenum can come out here and play this game and look better than Baker's looked all year long. It doesn't matter to me. But that should not be a quarterback controversy in Cleveland. Okay? That should not create one. It's a win from your backup the way it's supposed to be done. Right. And by the way, I'm looking forward to seeing a game called by somebody other than Kevin Stefanski right now. So if I'm rooting for anybody to get their two positive tests, maybe not the coach. Okay. I mean, I mean two negative tests. And maybe not the coach. Just maybe not, you know. Anyway, so we're going to get on out. That cool, Jeff? That's perfect. I'm going to go okay. watch the Cavs win All this right. game. All right. Hopefully. So here we go with the music. And again, remember, this being... The 13th episode of TBF, a Browns fans podcast this year. It's the superstition episode where we basically just take a little bit of Stephen Wonder, kick it in there just to let you know that we ain't superstitious. Man, you could put 18 guys on the COVID list. It could be include that. That list could include the starting quarterback and the head coach. That ain't no bad sign. We're the Cleveland Browns, man. We can win anyway. Right? Right? Right. Okay, Absolutely. cool. Cool. I'm glad I got somebody to agree with me on that one. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway. So, next time we talk to you guys, it's going to be after that amazing win on Saturday against the Los, the Las Vegas Raiders. We're coming to Cleveland to get some of that good Northern Ohio hospitality. In the meantime, the in-between time, till it's that time, this Paul and Jeff for TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Oh, wait. And that reminded me. I'm supposed to tell you guys, Hugh ain't here today because it's his birthday. And he's out partying for his birthday. So, hey, happy birthday, Hugh. Happy birthday. In the meantime, the in-between time, till it's that time, what time's that time to talk about that Browns win over the Raiders? It's Paul and Jeff for TBF, a Browns fans podcast saying we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.